What's up, folks? Welcome back to LettermanRow.com for the second time this week. I am Jeremy Birmingham. That's Spencer Holbert. We are talking stuff sponsored as per usual by our good friends at Buyers Automotive. If you're looking for an auto, go to BuyersAuto.com. If you're looking to talk about Ohio State football, then hang out here with me and Spencer as we talk stuff about it. What's been a pretty crazy busy week, Spencer, on the recruiting trail for Ohio State as the, the month of June takes a, a, a much needed you know, slow down here as Ohio State finished up its its camp season. There's more to come when it comes to official visits, when it comes to the opening next week out in California where I'll be. But overall, it was just nice to, to get back to normal. Camp season's over. This week was interesting because Tuesday's camp was probably the most talented camp we've seen in the month of June. And then Wednesday, because it was a late addition to the Ohio State calendar, uh, was not as talented, but I mean, it still had some storylines to pay attention to. So let's just start there. What was the thing for you this week, Spencer? Like the biggest thing, like the, the takeaway of the week? Well, takeaway number one was the wide receiver talent that was assembled on Tuesday. But at the same time, I don't think we can go any further talking about this week than, than keying in on Jaden Davis, the 20. And I know it's weird because he's a 2024 and we, I think he might be the first 2024 we ever talk about on this show. But he was that special in his throwing sessions, in his in the one-on-ones that he was throwing to the receivers. The receivers were very special, but but he made it look easier than the receivers did, you know, running their routes and catching the ball. The way he plays quarterback reminds you a lot of, and it's really hard to say it like this because Justin Fields is so talented, but when you look at him, you can really see why those comparisons come up, and, and he's just so talented that we're going to be talking about him a lot over the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, Jaden is from Catawba Ridge High School in Fort Mill, South Carolina, right? It's basically a, a Charlotte suburb. And I, I said it to people on Tuesday, and I said it again to people on Wednesday when we were – I in the time that I've covered Ohio State recruiting, I think he's the best – I think it was the best quarterback performance I've ever seen uh, during an Ohio State one-day camp. And I felt – similar to the way I did when I watched Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence compete against each other uh, in the elite 11 back in 2018 or 2017. I think that Jaden Davis has the potential to be a truly like great, great quarterback talent. Uh, And I I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because Spencer, as, as you alluded to it, this is a 2024 quarterback. We have the entire class of 2023 that we still have to dive into and figure out what the Buckeyes are going to do there. But um, in the last week, we've seen Ohio State offer Adrian Posse from uh, from Miami and now Jaden Davis in the class of 2024. And it, it's pretty clear to me that they believe that it, they have to get in early on a 2024 quarterback because they know that it's going to be kind of uphill in 23. But what we saw out of Posse and Davis is uh, pretty incredible. And, and Davis, to me, was the the better of the two that I saw uh, from my vantage point. But uh, I, I just think that we're looking at a, a kid that's got the potential to be one of those generational type quarterback talents. Um, I don't like to throw that sort of pressure on people, but I don't think he's paying attention to listening to what I say anyway. So I hope he's not anyway. It shouldn't be. I'm not important, but you know, it, it, it's, it, it was a really, really impressive showing. And I, I was walking off the campus um, on Tuesday night, and talking to a couple of people at Ohio State uh, in, in the in the the staff there, and they kept saying, "Boy, that kid has it! Like he he's got 
he someone said he he has something special and it wasn't just what he was doing on the field if you the way that he handled his business as a as an interviewee and the way that he handled just the entire process um is a kid very mature for his age and is going to be a name that buckeyes fans need to remember because this is top of the board in ink type you'd have to really screw this up to not be a, a five-star top ranked one or two quarterback in the country yeah and you know like i said the guys he was throwing to were that group was absolutely loaded as well i think that's probably the next best place to go is, is the 2023 wide receiver group that that they had at camp on tuesday but yeah, when you when you watch a kid like Jaden Davis throw, you you kind of start to daydream a little about what the uh, what his ceiling would be in an Ohio State system. Even though he's only 15, 16 years old, he he looked the part. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about him for for years now. Yeah, I'm on the hype train. Let's just uh, let's just put it that way. I'm on the hype train for Jaden Davis, and I'm on the hype train for Carnell Tate, who uh, even though Brandon Innes was at Ohio State on Tuesday with him, Innes is the top ranked receiver in the country. Um, uh, I think Carnell Tate is the the best receiver prospect that I've seen at, uh, in the 23 class so far, and that includes now Brandon Ennis, that includes Braylon James, who was at Ohio State on Wednesday. Uh, I think that the combination of things that Carnell Tate has, the size, the speed, the ability to catch the ball, uh, the off-the-field persona, the character he has, I think he's clearly the top target for Ohio State in 2023 at this point. Um, and that's going to be very interesting. He's been to Notre Dame twice this month. He's been to Ohio State twice this month. He's going back to Notre Dame on Sunday um, for the third time. I know for a fact that there's this feeling that Notre Dame is going to really push for a commitment from, from him. And if he gets out of that trip, Spencer, without committing to Notre Dame, I think it really bodes well for Ohio State because this sort of recruitment, I think the longer it goes, the better it is for Brian Hartline and the Buckeyes. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think when you when you compare the two schools, it's going to be interesting because Ohio State clearly has a leg up when it comes to to Brian Hartline and what he can offer these guys. But at the same time, Notre Dame has, has quite a few things that Cardinal Tate likes, and I think it's a little probably closer to home for him. Um, it, it's interesting he came back twice to work out with Brian Hartline uh, to get to get a better feel for him. Uh, but you're going to see Notre Dame and Ohio State go at it quite a bit in the, on the recruiting trail in 22 and 23. And Cardinal Tate might be the the, the main event there for the Buckeyes and, and Fighting Irish to go at each other with. Well, it's ramping up. I mean, Notre Dame this weekend will have Luke Montgomery, the four-star offensive lineman from Finley, Ohio, on campus. They'll have Brennan Vernon back on campus for the second time this month. And again, with Brennan Vernon, there's a, there's a thought that Notre Dame might be the team to beat at this point. Obviously, they're competing for Sonny Styles, uh, A.J. Harris. I mean, this is a group that – uh, we're going to start seeing, and we've talked about it ad nauseum recently. It's Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame. They're all recruiting that same kid, essentially. And you're going to see a lot of these crossover battles. And it, that you don't, what you don't need then is like the additional juice to be thrown into the mix. And Notre Dame kind of did that this week. There was some uh, unhappy folks uh, at Ohio State um, when Dallin Hayden committed to the Buckeyes on Tuesday. There was a, some conversation going on that maybe there was some unnecessary shots taken from some members of the Notre Dame staff um, at Ohio State staff members uh, the day that Hayden announced his commitment, which, you know, whatever I, you know, we're, everyone's a competitor in that field. And you hope that people understand that as their role as an adult and as a coach um, is to be supportive. And because you never know when, when the kid might come back to you, you just never want to burn a bridge or, or go out and, and show yourself to have any sort of sour grapes. But 
you know, you put in a lot of time and effort into recruiting these kids and their families, and then you fall short. And I think that coaches, just like everyone else, have a tendency to to get a little bit emotionally involved. But it does add some juice to what's becoming, as you said, really, really uh, interesting competition between Ohio State and Notre Dame. With Brennan Vernon, like if he goes back to – I'm going to say this straight up. I, I don't know what he's eventually going to do. Uh, Brennan is a very interesting kid, but I think if he makes a trip back to Ohio State at some point, like there, there's looking like there might be a window at the end of July for recruiting uh, to reopen for a week before August. If he if he doesn't commit to Notre Dame this weekend and makes it back to Ohio State, I think he'll be a Buckeye. If if but if he makes a decision right now, I think it'd be Notre Dame. Interesting enough, uh, yeah, Brennan's a, an interesting guy. He he. Uh, you know, is his own guy. He, he looks a little raw when it comes to, to football, but he also looks, you can see every bit of why Ohio State and Notre Dame really like him. But Brim, I don't, I say it all the time, and I'm going to keep coming back to it. Ohio State and Notre Dame are slated to play each other in 22 and 23. And to have these two classes, you know, really start to ramp up against each other at Ohio State and Notre Dame, and then to put them on the field against each other the next couple of years, it's going to get a little, I think it's going to get testier and testier. I, I, I can't see this ending anytime soon as far as you know if the Notre Dame staff is is taking unnecessary shots at Ohio State and Ohio State you know continues to recruit hard against Notre Dame I, I could see this recruiting battle extending onto the field and being really interesting for everybody moving forward yeah I agree I mean I, I don't know exactly how many of those battles I think Notre Dame will win uh, there's Emil Wagner in the class of 2022 that there's a fight for um, you know but obviously Ohio State has become sort of the boogeyman uh, in the Midwest when it comes to recruiting and, and how they, they they pretty much take who they want. And, and when you're competing against other programs in the Midwest and Brian Kelly has revamped his staff at Notre Dame, it's much younger, it's much more recruiting centric. Um, it's got a lot more uh, personality to it than, than previous staffs. And I think some of that is is done by design to try to cover up Brian Kelly because he's not the, the you know, meter mover that Ryan Day is. So you just have to find ways to offset that and play to your strengths. And Notre Dame has done a really great job making some early inroads in Ohio. And there's few programs that can go into Ohio and take a player the Buckeyes want. Notre Dame is one of them. They've done it a handful of times over the years. It hasn't happened a lot recently, but as as they continue to push and you use Ohio, you know, people like Marcus Freeman, uh, Mike Mickens, and you start to to make things more interesting. And it's just going to be very curious to me to see what happens this weekend because Notre Dame, their their big thing has to be start that class of 2023 because if they allow themselves to to back off of these kids and not press, then I think that they're in a position where they could lose some ground that they've made up this month by doing a very aggressive job on the trail. And you don't know how that plays out long term, but you also don't know how trying to put any sort of pressure on these kids who are just about to be juniors in high school, how that really plays out in the short term, because these kids have just started being able to get back on the recruiting side of things, Spencer. And I don't think that they want to be pressured into committing right now. Yeah. It's an interesting strategy because you want to be aggressive. You want to get these kids from Ohio. Hey, you know, you really feel good about Notre Dame. Why don't, why don't you go ahead and commit and, and get that locked down? But at the same time, you can't really press because these guys have been cooped up in their homes for, a year, over a year now didn't get the camp last year and all of a sudden you're trying to get them to commit right away that's that's kind of a recipe for it might be a little off-putting at times so it's an interesting 
dynamic that these coaches have to juggle right now because it's like, hey, you feel really good about where you're at in your recruitment with us, but why don't you commit? And then, the, you know, a lot of these kids, I'm sure, are, are backing up and saying, you know, I have time. I, I've got all the time in the world. I could camp again next year if I wanted to. So it is an interesting time in recruiting, especially for this 23 class. The 2022 class, I could see putting a little pressure on them just because that's, you know, starting to fill up. Most places around the country are starting to fill up with their recruiting boards. But that 23 class, you know, it's kind of a hurry up and wait thing. A couple things I want to be sure. I'm not saying Notre Dame is putting like undue or um, like aggressive pressure on these kids, but I think they're letting them know. So I don't want any Notre Dame fans to be like, oh, you're, they're not doing this. There's certainly a, a push. Number two, what is the recipe for off pudding? And what flavor is off pudding? <laughs> I would like to know. But beyond that, I mean, again, I want to just stay on this Ohio State Notre Dame thing for a minute. Look at 22. Aside from Emil Wagner, in the last two weeks, Joe Brunner, Billy Shrouth, Addison, um, sorry, not Addison Nichols, Carson Hinsman, three offensive linemen from Wisconsin. All three of them have taken official visits to Ohio State and Notre Dame. So, like, there's all these things happening. Billy Shrouth, the Wisconsin offensive tackle, was uh, essentially thought to be down to Notre Dame and Wisconsin after he returned from his Notre Dame official visit. And there was talk from the Ohio State side and Notre Dame side that he was going to cancel the trip to Ohio State um, even up to the day before he visited Columbus. And coming out of that visit now, it seems like Notre Dame is out and it's Ohio State and Wisconsin. So you just don't know exactly how these things play out. And it's it's just fascinating because all these kids have a just very different personality even though they're all similar kids so they're all looking for something very different and Ohio State it's been a long time since they've been able to go into Wisconsin and, and recruit anyone because if if a kid from Wisconsin is good enough to play at Ohio State he's probably grown up dreaming of playing for the Badgers and especially offensive linemen and now you have three of them in this one class and Brunner, uh, Hinsman, and Shrouth that I think they they make that visit to Wisconsin and you think, oh, I love this is my home state school. This is great. This is where I've always dreamt of playing. But then you go trip trip at Ohio State and Notre Dame and you're like, oh, wait a second. These programs are actually way better than, than what they have at Wisconsin. And so Wisconsin does a great job developing talent. Obviously, on the offensive line, they put a ton of dudes in the NFL. But I think you start to see the difference. And that's that's sort of the underlying theme of everyone I've talked to this month. Every recruit that I've talked to is like, they see what makes Ohio State on a totally different tier than these other programs that they're recruiting against. And some of it is the facility. Some of it is the city of Columbus. Most of it is the coaching staff at Ohio State that has just decided straight up. They are not going to BS these kids. And here's the situation. If you want to be a part of it, you're one of the few select kids that they recruit. If you want in, you should probably get in because there's a, a million kids who'd like to be in your position. Yeah, and I think, Berm, we hear that a lot from the kids in the Midwest because they're visiting Michigan, Penn State, Notre Dame, uh, Wisconsin, you know, even like Indiana. The, the schools that they visit are usually in the Midwest. If, they, if they've already visited Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, I'm not sure if it's as much of a, well, Ohio State is just different than everywhere else, but the kids in the Midwest that Ohio State's after, I, I'm not – I'm not sure if there's much of a competition there. And some of these kids do choose to go elsewhere. But when you look at the difference between the other schools in the Midwest and Ohio State, it is just different. And I think there's a, a big gap right now, and it, that's starting to show. And it's it's starting to become a little bit more of a vocal known thing that, that, that kids even see this stuff that what is different about Ohio State.
There was one kid who I talked to in the last couple of weeks who visited Ohio State one day and was at Michigan the very next. And I asked him just in a off the record conversation, off the cuff, you know, anonymous, what was the difference? And he said, Michigan still feels very old school. Like they're not, they haven't really updated what their approach is in any way, shape, and or form. And I think that Ohio State has realized in the last handful of years, they're not competing against Michigan anymore. They're not competing against Penn State. They're competing against Alabama and Georgia and Clemson uh, and these programs that have really exploded down south in Oklahoma. Now Ohio State's not putting Ferraris on the football field and trying to convince kids that, I mean, that's cool. I don't know. I don't know. Spencer, I'm going to I'm gonna draw the ire of Oklahoma fans here, I'm sure. But, like, you're Oklahoma. Why on earth do you need to, to do those sort of gadgets and trickery and, like, that sort of stuff to – like you, you're Oklahoma. You're you're one of the winningest programs in college football. You've won 76 straight uh, Big 12 championships. Like, why on earth do you need to have all that sort of stuff? Like, tell me, come on, Ferraris on the field, really? Burn. I'll make Oklahoma fans even more mad. It feels like something Texas would do. At Spencer Holbrook. I swear, it, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like something Texas would do to try uh, to look at foods? It feels like a desperation play. And again, I don't think that a program like Oklahoma should have to do that. You're one of the four or five best programs in the country. And I agree. I just don't think that there's any reason why you need that sort of, you know, gadgetry and, and that sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. You know what I'm saying, Spencer, right? Like, mm -hmm. this is just not necessary. You're Oklahoma. Go out there, put, put your program front and center. It's great. They had Jalen Hurts there. They had Kyler Murray there. They had, you know, all these Oklahoma legends there to meet these kids on their big uh, champ U barbecue weekend. But it's all awesome. And I think that they clearly resonate with kids. And maybe that's why you do it, I guess. But like, to me, you just don't seem like you need to have that sort of stuff happening. But whatever, whatever. I mean, that's that's I'm totally off on a tangent. Darn it. Darn it, Spencer. So anyway, uh, Tuesday, what else happened? Uh Carson Tabaracci is his name. He's a Utah 2022 linebacker. He visited Ohio State in camps. He's interesting. Uh, he's got a lot of offers, 20-some offers uh, from mostly on the West Coast, but uh, and that includes Oregon and USC, six foot three, 225-pound linebacker. And nobody really heard of him. He he's actually was introduced to Ohio State because Tony Alford um, is, like, really good – Tony Alford's nephew is really good friends with Carson Tabaracci, who lives in, in, in Park City, Utah. And he decided to come camp at Ohio State as a class of 2022 linebacker. And lo and behold, goes out and, and balls out and uh, gets a Buckeyes offer. And, and and now it sort of changes that 22 linebacker thing. Here we are. It's, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon the Buckeyes had expected to have Malik Spencer a Michigan State linebacker commit uh, hybrid safety um, you know bullet type kid on campus for an official visit this weekend that's not going to happen now they've asked maybe to push that back they might try to get him back for a visit in the season but it seems like hey they saw a guy that they're like this is actually what we need as opposed to another hybrid type because they're recruiting Xavier Wampa and other players at that spot um, and so now you have a true linebacker that uh, is in the mix and Carson Tabaracci if people should pull up his tape it's pretty good um, but it's just interesting to see that that's why camp season is awesome because you just see a kid who nobody has any idea who he is uh, in Columbus he probably wouldn't show up if he wasn't friends with Tony Alford's nephew and, and now all of a sudden 
he, he has an opportunity to be a Buckeye. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know he's among the 600 best players in the country, so he's not a complete unknown. He's got offers from, like you said, the two best programs in the Pac-12 right now. But at the same time, it's just not an area as well that Ohio State would normally look for you know, top talent. He's the 10th best player in Utah, according to, to most ranking systems. And, and the 10th best player in Utah usually isn't Ohio State. You know, I'll just say it, it isn't usually Ohio State material. And then you get a kid who not a lot of people know about nationally. He's obviously not on the West Coast. Ohio State likes what they see. He gets an offer. And so now the linebacker recruiting in 2022 seems to be taking a little bit of a turn. I'm sure there's going to be more twists and turns to it, but, but this is quite the, quite the turn by Ohio state here to, to find a kid, maybe a diamond in the rough on the West coast and really try to hone in on him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly what to expect out of this uh, from now until, you know, whenever a decision gets made, but the relationship side of things is what's important here for Ohio state. And he reminds me, I mean, he's not quite the same body type and not quite the same, um, you know, mass uh, Porter Gustin, who is a, a defensive end linebacker out of Utah a few years ago, who Ohio State recruited really hard, ended up going to USC, is now a member of the Cleveland Browns, but just kind of had that same look about him. Very, you know, muscular kid, kid that's going to be kind of a, a wild man type, uh, you know, Porter Gustin is like our, our you know, Anthony Schlegel type, kind of just wild, a little bit, a little bit, woohoo, you know, woo-hoo, little off the rocker. Love you, Schlegel. Um, but yeah, it's just funny to see how this happens. And, and that's what camp season's about. And for Ohio State, they, they go into this camp season trying to, and as, as I talked about earlier in the month, it's not about finding who the right fit is for Ohio State necessarily, but finding out who wasn't going to be that guy. And uh, that's really where things went, um, you know, in a lot of ways. There's still a lot of questions, though, like offensive line. I'm all over the place. I know I'm jumping from one spot to the next, but um, the offensive line recruiting, like, I don't think there's been any clarity really gained so far in this month um, because everyone that was supposed to take an official visit has. Cam Dewberry is making his official visit this weekend from Atascacita out there in Humble, Texas, and, and he's a lifelong Buckeyes fan, and you don't know. I mean, maybe he's that one. But Ernest Green, I, I think the Buckeyes are in really great shape for Ernest Green. Uh, Tyler Booker's visit went really well. You can read about that on LettermanRoom.com. On Thursday morning, he, he's, you know, was impressed by who the Buckeyes were as people. And that's sort of what he expected. But a lot of these kids get sold a, a bill of goods everywhere they go. And he felt that uh, it was very honest there at Ohio State. And like I said, the, the Billy Shroud thing is the most interesting to me because he was going to cancel his visit. And now I think it's Ohio State or Wisconsin. And people I talked to at Ohio State uh, said that they felt like right now maybe they had a little bit of an advantage. So if he decides sometime soon, maybe that advantage plays to their, you know, into a win for the Buckeyes. But if he takes a little time, goes back home, takes the month of July to unwind, and maybe he decides to stay home. So there's all these things that are happening, but none of these kids really seem to be um, dying to make a decision. Even Emil Wagner, who's at Penn State this weekend after visiting Notre Dame and Kentucky and Ohio State this month, um, is not going to make an announcement till till January. So there's all these kids. Tyler Booker was expected to make a decision in July, and now he's saying he wants to wait till the season. Ernest Green isn't going to make a decision till the season. He's at Oklahoma and Texas this weekend. Like all these kids are just cramming so much into it's just a cram set, you know, cram session to figure out what do I need to do. And then what they're all seeming to realize when they come out of it, and this is the same thing for Wampa and same thing for Zion Branch and all these other defensive backs that guys are going after, is that oh, uh, this was not actually enough time. 
to the idea that I was going to cram 14 months of waiting into a three-day visit to a school actually wasn't enough. And I that should have been the thought process from the start, don't you think? Yeah, and it leads me to wonder, if we're going to see kids, well, you don't see this, but if kids are going to regret taking the visits in June and cramming them all into June and not saving some of these visits for in-season. I know we talk about how the in-season visits aren't as good because you don't get as much face time with the coaches and things of that nature. But at the same time, these guys have have put everything into this month of June. Some of these guys have taken five official, four or five official visits in June. And now it's like, okay, well, if you want to come to a game, you're going to have to pay your way to come to a game. And I just wonder if maybe they – sit back and realize starting in August and September, I should have taken the unofficials or camped in June and taken the officials in the season. It's just something that I'm going to be looking out for as the season unfolds. Yeah. I mean, I guess you'll find out who's got the real interest because at this point, the kids that want to come back are going to have to do it on their own dime. Now, Ernest Green is the the other side of that coin. He did take an unofficial visit to Ohio state in, in June and will take an official in, in September. So at least he has that makes it easier for him to get back over to Ohio State, especially coming from California. So uh, th- there's definitely a thought of, hey, maybe I'm trying to hurry up and make a decision heading into June. Uh, but then they realize that that's just not in the cards. And I, I think that's probably smart for most of these kids. Um, you know, I think that what we're talking about here with the Buckeyes this weekend is, is you know, really important. You have Jaheim Singletary on campus. You have. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Turner on campus. You're going to have Kenyatta Jackson, Ryan Turner's teammate, um, Eni White. You're going to have uh, Gabriel Brownlow-Dindy from uh, Five Star from Lakewood, Florida, who's arriving on campus Thursday. You got Florida safety Marquise Williams. And I think the Marquise Williams one is the most interesting to me, Spencer, because Ohio State this weekend initially had Jaden Bellamy, the cornerback uh, slash safety from New Jersey. They initially had um, Kamari Ramsey from California also scheduled to visit Ohio State this weekend. Those ones both got canceled by Ohio State, but Marquise Williams didn't. And I think that that goes to show that they actually think he's a player that right now is on the same level as Zion Branch and Xavier Wampa. And if there's one guy in the in the safety room or the safety recruiting that could throw a wrinkle into Ohio State's plans or maybe force someone else to make a choice, it could be Marquise Williams, who we don't talk about much because he hasn't really ever been you know, discussed. Um, yeah, it doesn't talk much about his recruitment. Yeah, and I think that is telling about this visit is that Marquise Williams is now the only safety. And I think the other telling part of this weekend is there are three defensive ends coming in, three elite level defensive ends. And I think that's on purpose by Ohio State to see, you know, okay, all three of you guys, we really like you. Here's what Larry Johnson can do for you. Are you interested or are you not? And when they leave this visit, I think Ohio State will have a much clearer picture of who the real targets are coming out of June and who aren't on the defensive line. I think the complete opposite of that offensive line where you said there's not been much clarity the entire month. I think Ohio State's going to come out of the month of June with some real much needed clarity on who the elite guys are on this. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
Soto for it. I think that you're starting to really get some sorting uh, out of the defensive line room. Yeah, and there's one that we don't talk about a, a lot because um, because we're talking about five stars like Eni White and Omari Abor and you know potential five stars like Kenyatta Jackson or Gabriel Brown Lodindi. And that's Chris McClellan from Owasso, Oklahoma, who's making his official visit this weekend. Uh, he, I don't know. He to me, there, there's an ideal situation here for Ohio State on the defensive line, and it would be like this: it would be Omari Abor as your traditional rush end, that that big edge defender, Chase Young type. Then you have someone like Caden Curry, who made his first official unofficial visit to Ohio State on Tuesday. You have someone like him who's more of that Nick Bosa combination type, six foot four, 260, can play the edge, can play inside in a three tech in some instances. Hero Canoe, who was outside to me of Jaden Davis, Hero Canoe was the single best camp performer I saw at Ohio State in the month of June, as far as like that eye opening, like, wow, I was not expecting this type of deal. Uh, it would be Canoe. And I think that he is a player that went from being kind of a, a quasi thought for Ohio state to being like a major, major priority this month. Um, and then you have McClellan and then you go out there and you try to find one more, one more dude, whether that's Kenyatta Jackson, whether that's Eni white, I don't believe it's going to be Gabriel Brown Lodindi just as much as I don't believe it's going to be Walter Nolan. Those guys are not real targets for Ohio state. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I know you, you have to take a shot. If they want to come visit, you have to at least let them because they're that good but I just don't see them as players that are going to really be in that conversation down the road. Um, you know, so you start to look at, at who else is out there, but you're right. This month of June is going to provide some very important answers for Larry Johnson. Uh, it's also going to provide answers for Jaheim Singletary. I think that's the biggest one for Ohio state. He's visited Miami this month. He's visited Georgia officially last weekend. He's making the official to Ohio state. I don't know for sure that Ohio State's going to sit him down and say, hey, Jaheim, you got to tell us exactly what you're feeling right now. But uh, th these guys that work at Ohio State and that coaching uh, staff are smart enough to, to know what is really happening when a kid is talking to him or, or what a kid is saying. Um, and I think that there's an opportunity here for the Buckeyes to know with Jaheim, like, okay, how much concern is there really? And um, he's never visited Columbus and had a chance to meet with the staff. And Kerry Combs is not going to let James Singletary go without a fight. So uh, it's interesting to see where they go. But, I, you know, the Buckeyes also hosted Terrence Brooks, a top 100 player for an official visit this week uh, from Texas. And I, rumors are what I've heard is that that might be an Ohio State and Alabama battle. He's visiting Alabama this weekend. You know, that clearly was a response to Toriano Pride choosing Clemson because the Buckeyes offered uh, uh, him – the Terrence Brooks the day that Toriano Pride told them that he was going to Clemson. So, I mean, that doesn't do take a lot of math to figure that out. But, like, dude, I, I feel like there's just been so much to talk about this month. Like, how do you even keep up with it all? No, and we've got some show notes, which is a very rare occasion for us just because we have to start to try to stay on point for these or else we're going to go way off because – there are guys that have been offered and guys that have impressed us. You know, we didn't even invent, you know, we didn't even mention a guy like Justin Benton who really impressed me. I thought he was one of the best defensive yeah. linemen at Tuesday's camp. And it was a camp with, with Brennan Vernon and, and a couple other guys there. Derek, was, Derek LeBlanc. Derek, and, Derek yeah. LeBlanc and, and, you know, Justin Benton looked like the best defensive lineman. He looked like a typical Larry Johnson interior guy. And we didn't even mention, mention him yet. And so you just, when we look back at June, I think July is going to be a fun time for this show because we're going to be able to just 
oh, hey, remember when we saw him play? Remember the second week of camp when he was on campus and, and he really wowed us? So, yeah, it, there's a lot to break down right now, and, and it's just a lot to process. And, and I hope that we're getting the right information. Yeah, I mean, and I want for, – for those of you watching or listening, please, like, in the comments, if you are going to comment on something or there's something we didn't address in the show that you're curious about, I would love for you to, to just ask. But um, let's just – Spencer, we'll we'll wrap up here with a little in and out or in or out game. Like, give me a couple names and let's see if we can, you know, knock it out. Well, doesn't matter. Burn. Not Jakey Tumaloa. Yeah, you you've got to mention his name in every episode right now. He's going to take his official visit to Alabama. Yeah, that that starts on Friday. We'll we'll have an answer. I think within the week uh, on JTT. Um, I think my the the operating mindset i have is that a decision will be made by july 4th that's that's just my own gut instinct no one's told me that i haven't heard it from anyone that's just what i'm thinking i think we have basically a week till we know what jtt is doing ohio state remains cautiously optimistic that's what i was told okay so let's play in or out from official visits this weekend and camp this week i think that's a good group to to really hone in on um, so let's start uh, at the, from Tuesday's camp. Let's go with Carnell Tate. Uh, in. I think he's going to end up at Ohio State. Okay. Um, let's go to Brendan Vernon. Man, Brendan is such a wild card because he is such a different personality type. Again, I think if he commits this weekend, I think he's going to Notre Dame. If he doesn't, I think it'll be Ohio State. Is that – can I cheat and say both? Uh, no. I, I, I think that – the visit to Ohio State was eye-opening for him, and the opportunity to work with Larry Johnson was enough to at least make him realize that maybe he needs to get back one more time to make sure that it was what he thought. Uh, and so if that happens, I think he's going to end up at Ohio State, so I'm going to say in. But if he does decide this weekend or shortly after this weekend, it'll be Notre Dame. Uh, Luke Montgomery. In. Luke Montgomery will will, will be a Buckeye at some point. Um, let, let's – I want to talk about Brandon Innes, but I think Brandon Innes will be out. So I, I would like to know your opinion, but I want to talk about Braylon James because he had an up and down camp on Wednesday, um, you know, late flight, didn't get much sleep, didn't have much time to prepare. First time working with Brian Hartline. I'm sure there's some nerves there. He looked, he struggled at times, but I think he's a, still a really good player um, in or out Braylon James. Uh, Braylon James right now, I would say is out just because I, I think that with Carnell Tate, uh, and with the early push, maybe for a guy now like Innes, who maybe was, I still don't think Innes is in by any chance or any stretch, but he becomes a much more realistic option now for Ohio state that he has actually made it to Columbus. And, um, I don't think Ohio state felt any real positive vibe about Innes before this week. And now at least there's been some ability to connect with him and for Brian Hartline to kind of go over what he expects or, you know, what it means to play at Ohio State in that receiver room. Uh, And if they end up taking four in the class of 2022, which it looks like they're going to, no matter whether that's Kojo Antwi or someone else, uh, I think that they won't need three in 23. And uh, I think that with Carnell Tate, with Zion Branch's little brother, Zachariah, I think with Anthony Brown, I think there's a number of kids that maybe um, will fit better than Braylon James, who's an incredible kid, long way to go in his recruitment. But I just don't, if I think right now the, the number is only probably going to be two in that class. Uh, let's go with Carson Tavaracci. Tavaracci. 
I'm going to say in. I, I mean, I, I don't know really much about him other than what I've already said on the show, but I, I think that um, the offer is important. Ohio State was not going to offer him uh, just randomly unless they thought that they had a real shot here. Uh, the, the, the connection to Tony Alford is important, and now he's got uh, a relationship building with Al Washington, and I think he'll be the third, third linebacker. Uh, let's go with Markeith Williams. Out. I just don't see it happening. I mean, really great kid. Ohio State likes him. Um, really, really good player, but it just seems like a kid who's going to end up at Miami or stay, stay in the South. Okay, and then Cam Dewberry. I hope he's in. I hope Cam Dewberry's in because I really like Cam Dewberry from the conversations I've had with him, and I would enjoy covering him for the next four years. Um, but I just don't know how Ohio State – this is the thing with offensive line. People have sort of laughed at me in the last couple of weeks because I said that the goal for Ohio State is three offensive linemen only in this class. And I want people to know, like, I'm not saying that because that's what I think. I'm saying that because that's what I've explicitly been told, that that is, their, that is the target number. But I do believe that you have too many players when it comes to Tyler Booker, Addison Nichols, Billy Shrouth, Ernest Green, um, uh, Emil Wagner. There's too many guys to say no to some of these kids. And I don't think that you'd say no to any one of them if they wanted in. So. Um, uh, I think Cam Dewberry is a player that Ohio State is going to really impress the heck out of this weekend. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm going to say he's in. I'm just going to say Cam Dewberry's in. And then, and then I think the other, I think the other two linemen, because I do think they'll end up with four. I don't think that they'll stick with that three target number. I think they will have to take four um, because there's going to be someone you just can't say no to. But I think Cam Dewberry is, is going to be one of those guys. I just it's just a weird feeling there. I have the same feeling. I think from the conversation you had with him when you went down to Texas to talk to him and just the way that he talked about Ohio State without visiting, uh, now that he's going to have a chance to be on campus in an official capacity and just see what this what Ohio State is about, I it's just that feeling that that, that visit is going to end up very well for Ohio State and it could lead to good things down the road. I don't know if it'll lead to good things in the near term, but it will – in the long term, I think it'll be a, a beneficial uh, weekend for Ohio State when it comes to Cam Dewberry. There's a lot happening on Ohio State recruiting trail. Albany, uh, uh, Spencer is going on vacation. I am going to California for the opening and the Elite 11 next week. Hopefully going to have a couple of shows with some of the Ohio State commits that are out there. Quinn Ewers will be participating in the Elite 11. Um, maybe try to get uh, some special guests uh, to do some live versions of talking stuff with me. Um, with Spencer on vacay, um, and we'll figure it out from there. But, you know, it, it, it is a lot happening. We're going to try to keep covering it all at lettermanroad.com. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Please check out Buyers Automotive, buyersauto.com. If you're looking for a car in central Ohio, they are our wonderful sponsor. That's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. Thank you for watching and for listening. Goodbye.